Listen, man, we're just kids being kids. We're allowed to be pieces of shit sometimes. Bleep space! Send those aliens to hell and tell them Jack sent them. Do I look like someone who cares what God thinks? There's something out there waiting for us. And it ain't no man. I'm getting a hundred cups of coffee, starting now. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Coffee machine? One cup of coffee, please. What an excellent day for an exorcism. My name is Jerry, and I'm a tabletop gamer who loves horror movies and dislikes anything that tastes like coffee. And I'm taking the place of John today. I am Chris. I also love tabletop games, play some video games, and am your producer. I also love coffee. Welcome to Coffee Flavored Horror, where we talk about the good, the bad, the horrifying, and the horrifyingly cheesy. Speaking of horrifyingly cheesy, let's get to the talking with Jerry and myself. All right. Today we're going to talk about 2022's Kids versus Aliens. Ew, ew, ew. There is a trigger warning here. It's kids versus aliens. There's going to be kids in danger as well as violence against kids. All right, I'm going to start with who directed this thing. It was Jason Eisner. He directed Hobo with a Shotgun, VHS 2, and the ABCs of Death. All right, let's move into who this movie starred. Most of the actors are new or only did bit parts on TV. Jerry, lead us off. You got Dominic Riche, who is in Snow Day and the Christmas Yule Blog. And then there's Phoebe Rex, who was in The Last Divide. Kayla McDonald, who was in Night Blooms, The Umbrella Academy, and Stage Mother. Who was he in Umbrella Academy? I think he might be part of the new group. Oh, from season three? Yeah. Okay, okay. Then we have Asher Grayson from Tough Boy and Scaredy Cats. And Ben Tector. So far, he's only been in this. Oh, and he never did anything else, huh? Nope, this is his first movie. How old is this? Oh, it's 2022. So this is not This is pretty recent still, so. Yeah, most of these kids are like 12. So there is no box office information on this because it's a Shudder original, at least that's what we think. I'm going to jump ahead for just half a second. This is a spinoff of VHS 2 from the Summer Party Abduction section. If you've seen that, this is basically a retelling of it. Much better done. Oh, cool. So I think that's why I got the money from Shudder. Nice, very nice. Well, give us the premise. I think we should do the premise, but because John's not here, why don't we go back and forth on this one? Let's do it. All right, I, I love it. So we have small fishing boat is at sea, and they're getting no catches. Then a loud horn sounds, followed by a bright light descending from the sky. Then clawed hands pull the men overboard. Then we shift to Gary, played by Dominic Marish. Jack, played by Asher Grayson, Miles, played by Ben Tector, and Gary's sister Sam, played by Phoebe Rex, are all filming a movie in their combination wrestling ring production studio barn. This is about a post-apocalyptic warriors fighting dino invaders and their dinosaur leader. Hold on, hold on. I would watch this movie. It would be so bad, but I would still watch it. It's actually like, I want to see more of this movie when they show it. <laughs> it's the four kids playing all the parts. Oh, that's awesome. It's like Mad Max meets wrestling. There's... There's silly rubber dino masks. There's Nerf guns and all this other <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, while they're in the middle of fighting the dinosaurer leader, the siblings practice a team to drop kick maneuver on the dinosaurer. Uh, with this is supposed to be the end of the fight with the dinosaurer. They they do a, they do a tag team drop kick on him. For some reason, I feel like that will play a, a role later in the film. Just a little bit. So there's there's a bit of that. Uh, let's put the gun on the wall right now thing going on. Except because of the way it's filmed, you don't realize it yet. It just looks like two siblings doing this shit. Later on, when you see it coming, you're like, ah. So, <laughs> A, great Chekhov's gun. B, subtle Chekhov's gun. <laughs> that's good. So then we have Billy, played by Callum McDonald, and his flunkies, Dallas, played by Isaiah Fortune, and Trish, played by Emma Vickers, who interrupt the shoot, make fun of the boys, and belittle Sam for playing with her brother. Sam gets infatuated with Billy as she walks off the shoot. Gary and his friends are crushed and betrayed. So later, as the boys try shooting the movie without Sam, Billy runs over and destroys some of their props while bullying the trio. The teen then forces his way into the house and convinces Sam to take him upstairs. 
Upstairs, Sam shows to Billy her favorite wrestler, a sword-wielding Amazon, and then she pulls off Billy's shirt, and the pair begin to make out. The young boys crash the heavy petting session, and in the middle of it, Sam just turns and calls her brother a loser. That makes sense. I would call my brother a loser if I was Sam, too. Jerk. Just getting in the way of my, my, my make-out session. Well, we'll see about that. Oh, okay. So then the boys head back to the ring to film without sand, and Gary breaks his arm. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. At the hospital, where Gary has his arm in a cast, the sibling's parents ground Sam, leaving her stuck at home without a phone during Halloween the next day. Oh, my. That's harsh. Mm-hmm. So the parents leave on a trip, and Billy convinces Sam to throw a small party. This is going to go poorly. However, Billy invites dozens of teens who start to decimate the house. That makes sense. I mean decimate the house. Just destroy it? Mm-hmm. When Sam tries to end the party, Billy threatens her and then goes upstairs to hook up with Trish. What a douchebag. Oh, yeah. Gary, however, uses his drone to spy on the pair, broadcasting it to the entire party while mocking his sister about being a loser for, not, for losing her boy. Wow, these people are jerks. Sort of. Billy finds the boys and drags them downstairs. He holds Gary hostage and rouses the party so that he can hold Gary's arm out and re-break it in front of everybody. Crack. It probably doesn't happen though then. Nope. At that point, the aliens attack the house and they drag the boys off along with several party goers, including Billy, Dallas, and Trish. The aliens take their captives to the ship under the water. So Sam uses the scuba gear in the barn studio to follow. Once in the ship, she finds the corpse of a knight along with a sword. So like an old timey knight from like the middle ages? Yes. Interesting. Meanwhile, the aliens begin to murder the prisoners. First, they tie Trish to a stone where a beaked mouth spews bile onto the girl, dissolving her flesh and causing her entrails to fall from her body. Oh, God, that sounds awful. Then they drag Dallas off, and the alien queen pours goo on him, turning the hoodlum into a Skeletor-like monster. Oh, that's kind of neat. After Billy pushes Gary at the alien, sacrificing the boy to save himself, Sam runs in with her sword, killing several of the creatures and rescuing the boys. Now we have kids versus aliens. This is great. Mm -hmm. Billy runs off and encounters the mutated Dallas who has been fitted with bladed gloves. The bully escapes and steals the scuba gear, attempting to strand Sam and the kids. What a jerk. Oh, yeah. Sam convinces everyone to swim for safety. And after a herring escape through the water, the group reconnoiters in the dock where they revive Jack, who came out of the water unresponsive. I like that you used reconnoiters there, right? It's a good, good solid word, reconnoiters. It doesn't get used nearly enough, I think. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what four years of an English major does for you. <laughs> As they flee to the house to escape the aliens, they discover that Billy has locked himself inside and is mocking them as the monsters approach. As the Dallas monster charges, Sam dodges away and leads the group into the woods. Dallas crashes through the glass and attempts to kill Billy, but the bully eludes the monster several times. When Sam and the boys get to the barn, Billy is there and he steals a sword and takes Gary hostage, mocking the girl once again. <laughs> She puts on her combat gear from the movie, and the other boys use props to garrote Billy in the ring. Oh, man, that's great. I love it. Just kill the bully, or at I least went. strangle him out. Oh, however, Billy stabs Jack through the stomach with the sword before Sam fights him off and takes the sword as Dallas arrives. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> people just killing people out here, huh? Oh, yeah. Dallas finally catches Billy during the escape, viciously tearing out the bully's throat with his fangs. Woo! Sounds awesome. But was it like a oh, yeah moment? It was. Yeah. It was very much an oh yeah moment, finally. (laughs) While Miles tries to stem the damage to the critically wounded Jack, Sam and Gary fight off more aliens in the attic of the barn. Dallas attacks, but the siblings use the dropkick maneuver to knock him through the wall where he falls to his death. Then the alien ship emerges from the water, using its tractor beam to try and suck out the siblings. As the barn shakes, Jack, dying, tells Miles to use the props for the end scene of the movie. Miles puts together the various pyrotechnics and straps them to a cart, wheeling it out to the tractor beam. Was it a go-kart? No, it was like a, like a wagon. Oh, okay. Oh, no, actually, I apologize. Nope, I think it is. I think it's a, might be a, 
like a like a little mini four by four. Oh, that's fun. I think it's I believe it's the thing that they were using for their Mad Max scene. <laughs> so after he puts all the pyrotechnics in there and lights them off, the alien ship sucks up the explosives, destroying it in a giant explosion. So they just blew it up with fireworks? With fireworks from the movie. Okay. Sure, why not? I mean, it's already a ridiculous movie as it is. Oh, we're not talking like one or two fireworks. We're talking like a 20-gallon container full of explosives. Ew, that's a lot of fireworks. <laughs> At this point, Sam and Gary rejoin Miles and the dying Jack, putting the wounded boy in a wheelbarrow and trying to get him to safety. The remaining aliens surround the kids. As they move to attack, a military group emerges from the dark and shoot the invaders dead. Then they bag the four kids and place the sword into a carrier already designed for it. As the movie ends, the kids, including Jack, are placed in stasis and trucked off by the military. Credits roll to techno music from the party. But there's a post-credit stinger. Ooh, exciting. We see the view from Gary's camera from the party. It's still on its side in one of the bedrooms when we hear the techno music play. The siblings' parents come home and start complaining about all the damage done to the house. They scream for the kids, threatening all sorts of punishment. Then after the mom finds the camera, she starts screaming at Gary about his movie before an alien grabs her from behind holds her down and begins spewing some of the same goo that turned Gallus into a monster. As the goo covers her face, the screen goes black. Ooh, that's good. I like it. I like it. Let's talk about some factoids that we should probably bring up. Uh, I guess there's only like one? Yeah, just, pretty just much. One? All right, so like the Siren 2016 movie, this is loosely based on a short from VHS 2, the Slumber Party Alien Abduction. Yep. That's pretty cool. Yep. So like this, like you mentioned earlier when we were talking about the box office. Yeah. I'm actually not sure if that got cut off the recording earlier, folks, but... It was a, a short in that, that anthology series, and they just funded it to make a movie out of it? Yep. In VHS 1, the most popular one in that one was about a couple of bachelor party guys who attempt to roofie a couple of girls, one of whom turns out to be a succubus. Oh, okay. And they took that short and made it into a movie as well. And much like this, it's not the same plot, but has the same feel. So Siren actually takes place after she's gotten away and something else happens. We're going to be reviewing Siren because I enjoyed that movie as well. Oh, okay, so. cool, cool. Yep. Well, let's talk about The, the good. good. Tell me about the first one. <laughs> the first one is a scene where uh, Billy has just run over all their toys. Uh-huh. And, or all their props. He, he showed up and specifically destroys their props before going in to seduce Sam. Okay, okay. As he storms away, Gary looks over and says, guys, you know what this means? He's going to make you an uncle? No, this means war. <laughs> Oh, is that how he says it too? Yeah. That's perfect. It's a great scene and it sets up kind of the relationship between all these kids right off the bat. Apparently the kids are decent actors in this film. Yeah. It's, it's very Goonies like in its feel. The kids are, they're fun. They're a little obnoxious, but their motivations make sense. They're kids being kids. And much like the opening scene about kids being shits, even when they're being obnoxious, you're still rooting for these kids. This movie created a bunch of likable characters and Billy. So they're a bunch of goofy kids. And they're a bunch of goofy kids. That do some shitty things but it's okay because they're they're goofy and funny and they're entertaining at least and everything they do is pretty much motivated sam is the one who probably is the worst of the four initially mm -hmm. because of the fact that she basically blows off her brother for billy especially after billy basically bullies them and destroys their props oh okay like she's mad at them yeah but it goes hard in both directions the the, the video thing with the kids that's a little too far for gary but yeah 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 so let me ask you a question you have a note in here that says this Movie uses light and dark surprisingly well. What specifically about this makes it good? The director did a good job of using the dark to hide things, and then he reveals them. But at the time that things need to be done, even when on the camera, because this this movie is not entirely shot, shot on first person. There's a lot of it's just, just movie being filmed kind of thing. He takes the time to focus on what's going on, so you see darkness in the background, and then you see the alien's face emerge from it. Oh, that's cool. 
or they're running down a hallway that's dark. You don't need to see what's going on as they're just running. You just see some bodies running down the hallway. But as soon as it's important to see what's going on, something around there gives enough light that you can see. Like he directs the light so that they run out of a dark hallway into a room with some moonlight coming through. So now you can see the characters while they're talking. Sure. So you're talking about how he's using light to draw your, your focus to things. So it yep. actually makes it not a big deal that they don't have great sets and, and whatnot because you can actually see what's going on and understand what's going on. Yep. And when you need to see something, it's well lit. He doesn't use the darkness to hide scenes. He's using the darkness to focus scenes. Which is something a lot of horror movie directors should do, is watch this movie to see how to use light and dark properly. Yeah, because you can still get a lot of tone out of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just from reading the recap, yeah. I like that they added those bullies because it gives the aliens somebody to kill that aren't the kids that are likable. Yeah. Also, it seems like since they had a giant party, there were even more people to kill. Oh, yeah. There's a bunch of people that you see get grabbed by aliens and you never see them again. They're just dead. D-E-D dead. Yeah, but the, the bullies are just, like, Billy is 100% villain. He's a dick in the short that they did on VHS. In this thing, he is almost mustache-twirling villain. And not just he does bad things, he sets out to do bad things. Like, he sets Sam up for this whole thing. It sounds bad. Sounds bad. You're like, yes, we hate Billy. Tell me another one. I just love this scene. The scene where they've snuck the drone into the room where Billy... And Trish are starting to hook up. The three boys are sitting side by side. And all of a sudden, Gary leads over because Jack is the youngest one. They're starting to see, they're like, oh, what are they doing? Oh, my God. And Gary reaches over and covers Jack's eyes. Oh, that's funny. That's a good That's a <laughs> good like gag. a 12-year-old covering up an 11-year-old's eyes. And it just, <laughs> it, it just works. It's, and it also tells you something about their relationship without actually saying anything. Mm -hmm. Just from reading the summary that you put together, I could tell that this thing probably had a pretty good plot that moved along at a nice pace. There's no dead spots. There's a few cringe spots where you're like, oh no, kids, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, you did it. But other than that, <laughs> but it moves along well. I liked it. Tell me about the, these characters. Why did it set them up so well? How did it set them up so well too? Because you have this opening movie, which first of all shows the kids have some talent. They know how to drive. They know how to act. They know how to work together. But you get to see like Sam's a wrestler and actually knows how to wrestle. She's a pro wrestling fan. Gary's a leader. He's good at directing people. He's good at organizing people. He's good at motivating people. The boys are all good at fake fighting and struggling and getting away from stuff. So when it happens later on, it makes sense. Yeah, it sounds like they did a very good job of setting up their normal and in setting up their normal, introducing all the characters in ways that needed to be introduced mm -hmm. before the break into two when the aliens show up. Yes. So we talked about this movie a little bit before we started recording, and I guess that the kids, they're not really that annoying. Like, you, we mentioned it a little bit earlier, too. Like, even when they're being a bit stupid, they're still likable, and their motivations seem pretty real, right? Yeah, very much so. I had no trouble believing any of what was going on in this movie. I mean, even some of the jokes that you mentioned, like the one kid covering the other yeah. the kid's eyes, it's him covering his his uh, his eyes because that's his sister that's getting it no, on. No, right? no, it's Trish. Oh, that's right. All right. Well, that's all the good. Now let's talk about the, the bad. bad. I have only one thing. Early in the movie, Gary falls off a ladder, breaks his arm, gets it put in a cast. Later in the movie, which takes place the next day, he climbs a ladder, fights aliens, holds on to stuff with his bad arm. <laughs> Like, I've broken my arm. That shit ain't happening. I hope he was on some serious codeine when that all happened. I don't think so. No? <laughs> That's really the only bad I've got in this movie. Other than that, I liked this movie a yeah, lot. You'd yeah. recommend, I guess we're going to talk about it later, but you'll probably recommend this movie to people to watch. Yes, even if you haven't seen VHS, yes. So let's talk about then the cheesy. Give me, a, give me something cheesy. I laughed entirely. The scene where after Billy runs over all their props and goes upstairs to make out with Sam, they're making out of the bed and Sam pulls his shirt off. And he's all ripped. And she's like, holy shit. And he goes, I know. <laughs> uh, That's funny. It's great. 
Apparently the parents are completely useless in this film. They just punish people are useless. It's a kids on bikes movie, right? So of course the parents are just mostly useless. At the end of the movie where the parents are walking through the house screaming and she says something, she's like, look at what they did in the house. And he looks at the father yells back. Well, you're the one who wanted to have those brats or something along that (laughs) line. They're just horrible people. I just want, I want to watch this kids versus dinos movie. I do too. I do too. Cheesy as ever live in love, but it's got to be wonderful, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Tell me another cheesy moment. She's like going through this spaceship and she just happens to find a knight with a sword with a glowing red gem. That's amazing. It's it's so bad, but it's so good. However, at the end of the movie, when the military shows up and bags the four kids, one of them opens up a pelican case that has a foam cutout for the sword that they put in and they close the cap thing down again. It's interesting. I wonder what that means, right? It's like some sort of, there's a little bit of world building in this too, right? It's cheesy, but it's, that means the aliens have been here before. The aliens have been here before. That moment at the end means that the military knows about this situation yep. from probably past. And that that night was somebody. Yes. Now, because it's all crowed up that night, I didn't go back and watch. The knight might not have been wearing armor. He might have been wearing like like combat gear. Uh-huh. It looks like he's wearing armor, but it's all covered in moss and goo. Yeah, sure. So the implication could also be like, this is a sword that, that was put together by the military to fight the aliens and it got trapped on board the ship or something. <laughs> it did a little bit of, okay, that sword wasn't just randomly there. The military literally have a carrying case for it. So that's pretty, that's, yeah, that's it pretty makes prepared. Sense, yeah. I liked that, but it's cheesy as hell. Tell me another thing that was cheesy about the sword or at least involved the sword. There's one point where she's trying to rescue Gary before he's, he's has his face all dissolved off and Sam holds the sword out in front of her. The alien just runs onto it, like looks at the sword and runs onto it. I think it was a deliberate choice by the director to take what was going to be a very tense, gory scene. And make it a little bit goofy, but it's that scene in every mediocre sword fighting movie where somebody just runs onto a sword for no goddamn reason. <clears throat> Dragonheart. <clears throat> wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not sure Dragonheart's a cheesy movie. I don't think it's that good. Oh, rough, rough. I agree with you though. Apparently Skeletor Scissorhands makes an appearance as Dallas is turned into it by the goo face. Yeah. First he gets strapped to the queen dumps his stuff and he basically gets this very Skeletor like take Skeletor and give him fangs kind of thing. So, so wait a minute. So the queen is like a xenomorph that dumps goo on people from her mouth? Sort of. She, she looks just like all the other aliens. She's, she's got like this weird spiky crown and this chainmail veil over her face. Okay. And then she spews goo into a cup and they pour it on Dallas and he suddenly becomes this Skeletor like monster. I have to say this is now... He-Man reference number two, mm-hmm. and possibly Skeletor Scissorhand lives in Castle Grayskull, that house from Bones, the yeah. Castle Grayskull house from That's Bones. That's right. Which, by the way, we reviewed a few weeks ago. Please go take a listen. What is the last cheesy thing? Chekhov's dropkick. Come on, man. It's not cheesy. That's good writing right I there. I didn't say it's bad. I just oh, said it's okay. cheesy. It's, it's, it's good cheese. As soon as you see the alien there, and all of a sudden you see Gary look at him and then bend down on his knees behind them, you're like, oh, well done. <laughs> they take a little too long to get it set up because I think they want everybody to see what's going on. But still, it's it's good. And there's your fine Gouda for this episode. There you go. That's some delicious Gouda. All right. Now let's talk about the, the horrific. horrific. It sounds like Billy is terrifying. He is a mean, violent, sociopathic bully. It's partially so horrifying because Billy's out there somewhere. There's lots of Billies like that. That's true. As you start to see him do more and more horrible things. I mean, literally... They come back to the house. He's locked it up. He's standing on the side laughing at them because he knows that they're going to die. These kids that have been, you know, he's been trying to torment and they haven't, that they've stood up to him are now all going to get killed by the aliens mm-hmm. and it's his fault. Okay then. Yeah. Tell me about fake scares. They were a really great fake scare early in the movie when they're all staying at Gary's house and Jack is in a little sleeping bag Uh-huh. and you suddenly see this little three fingered claw come through the sleeping bag and reach Ooh. towards him. And then they pull it back and it's the boys wearing the dino costumes. 
you know, I got a, I got a story about that from when I was a kid. Go ahead. Uh, when I was 12, uh, my friends, we used to essentially live in each other's houses. Mm-hmm. I was sleeping over one, one day and I woke up and when I woke up, there was something on my chest and I looked down, there was a giant spider on my chest and I went, yeah! and they all heard it from downstairs. It was a giant rubber spider mm-hmm. and they all started giggling at me. The funniest one was that my dad was a big fan of practical jokes and occasionally he would do things like just as a joke, like for my older sister, he'd leave like a, a rubber spider or a rubber rat at the top of the stairs in her bedroom. Mm-hmm. She comes out one morning and she sees a rubber rat at the top of her stairs and she walks over and kicks it. It squeaks and runs away. Oh man, that's, <laughs> that's terrifying. I was at the other end of the house and I heard the scream. <laughs> That's okay. We had a cat. He took care of it. I guess there's a scene where an alien walks past the window while the kids are running the drone. Mm-hmm. And when the aliens keep showing up in the background. So these aliens, they must be just creeping all over the place to set it up before they actually start attacking. During the, the party at the house, when the boys are getting ready to set up the drone to go spy on Billy and, and Trish, uh-huh. they're all mm-hmm. sitting in the room and you see the, the kids in the foreground with the computer screen reflecting off their faces. And in the background is a window and the kids are talking then you see the alien look from behind, from like 10 feet behind oh, and disappear man. again. That's cool. Later on as the party's going on, you see two of the aliens like stalk past one of the windows as they're getting ready to attack the house. So they set this, the aliens just don't just show up out of nowhere. They're slowly descending on the house. Yeah, yeah. Well done. And you're not expecting it because it's a goofy scene with the kids and all of a sudden there's an alien behind them. <laughs> so. Tell me about another scene that's terrifying. Billy trying to break Gary's arm. He takes Gary downstairs in front of all the other party kids after everybody's just watched the drone video where Gary's basically said, you know, my sister's a loser for letting you people in here. And all the kids are watching and Billy's like, all right, who wants me to break his arm? Break his arm. And they hold Gary's arm out. All the kids? All the other kids at the party are there. Break his arm. Break his arm. Brutal. And Sam goes forward and they all hold Sam down and they're holding the kids back. And basically it's just, it's a mob mentality. We're going to break Gary's arm just for the entertainment value. It's good that the aliens show up then and murder everybody. Yes. But you see Billy, you're like, Billy might break his arm again. Oh yeah, he probably would have. Yeah, it's a terrifying scene. I love it. So tell me about Trisha's death by digestive goop. We mentioned it earlier, but tell me why is it horrifying? It's, I mean, it obviously sounds horrifying. I'll be honest. I was writing this script as I was watching the movie and I'm like, this is a fun little movie. I said this and I was thinking like, I'm enjoying this movie, but this is definitely like a, like a made for TV movie. They've done a lot of stuff, but nothing horrible. And then they dissolve Trisha's face. The goo falls on her face. You watch the flesh run off in the oh, bone. Oh man. And then it hits her stomach. And her stomach dissolves and her entrails spill it onto the ground. I'm like, well, we've just got in the horror movie. Like up until that point, this could be a TV movie. Once you hit that point, you're like, oh no, they knew what they were doing. They just went from kids on bikes to playing out horror and it's good. And it's on at this point. That's the steak razor right there. Yep. Right there. When you see her entrails spill out, I'm like, wow. <laughs> so you believe something was fueling the spaceship. What do you think was fueling the spaceship? Somebody makes a comment. That they, they think, I think the aliens were using human skin to fuel their spaceship. Somebody makes that comment in the movie. Oh, okay. Because they've got all this human skin lying around. That is pretty horrifying, actually. Yeah. So there's just human skin just lying everywhere? Well, no, they, they save the human skin when they're done. And some, somebody makes a comment of that in the background. Interesting. It's, it's a throwaway line, but I'm huh, like... I wonder why they dissolved her skin then. No, they, just, they, they, they might be dissolving it into something else. Oh, okay. It was a throwaway line that just makes it like these aliens aren't just showing up for no reason. Yeah, yeah. They obviously came here for something. Yep. And then, of course, there's your requisite eye horror from aliens. Yep. There's uh, one of the aliens that Trisha's fight, or that uh, Sam is fighting, comes at her, and she grabs it by the, she like hits one alien, grabs the other alien by the back of the head, and pushes it forward so its eye goes onto one of the big spikes on the wall. Oh, nice. Because once Sam gets into wrestling sword, sword main mode, mm-hmm. she's just the, the action hero of the movie. Nice, nice. Apparently, there's also the moment, which we talked about earlier, where Dallas chews out Billy's throat, and that 
is well done, I assume, if you have it in the horrifying spot. Billy keeps escaping and escaping and escaping, and suddenly Dallas knocks Billy down, and you're expecting him to like slice him up with the claws. Instead, he just takes those dead clawed fangs and tears Billy's throat right out. It must have been great. That was satisfying, especially since it follows up on the thing that was probably the most horrifying in the movie, and that's the point where Billy stabs Jack with the sword. Why was it horrifying? Because you're not expecting it. Oh, okay. They're garroting Billy. They've got Billy down. You think they're probably going to win against Billy, and Billy picks up the sword and buries it to the hilt in Jack's stomach. Jesus. And it goes in one side and out the other. Okay. Blood and everything? Oh, yeah. At this point, you're like, Jack probably ain't going to make it. And to be honest, if the government hadn't shown up he'd be to put dead. the ball in stasis, he'd, you'd just see him in stasis with an air, air mask on. So apparently the aliens themselves are pretty creepy looking. They have like these lamprey butthole style mouths. Yeah. I'll be honest. I, I didn't watch the X-Files all that much. And I've never thought that gray aliens were all that creepy. Just, they're not. They're cute. Just just the, the, the naked aliens with the big eyes. These are not them. These grays are like seven foot tall. Okay. With overlong arms where their claws hang down to their knees. Uh-huh. And they've got these weird butthole lamprey mouths that they open and close. Gross. They give them kind of a we're going to suck your blood kind of thing going on. Mm-hmm. These aliens are actually creepy and eerie looking. That makes sense. So. Sounds like the aliens from, uh, not quite, but the silence from Doctor Who. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I, I, I haven't gotten that far yet. For the listeners out there, if you've watched that, then, then you know what I'm talking about. Let's talk body count. We have seven plus because there's probably a lot of people that got killed off screen, right? Mm-hmm. There are three fishermen, Trish, Billy, Dallas, mom, maybe Jack, and several other people that got grabbed at the party are not in the prisoner pen on the alien ship, so they probably got gooped up. Gooped up. Gooped up. We probably think that Jack probably survived, so. Probably. Probably, but, you know, they're all in stasis now for mm-hmm. a sequel, potentially. That's right. Mm, sequel. Mm-hmm, sequel. All right, so, Jerry, would you watch this again, or are you drinking the horror-flavored coffee? You're obviously watching this again. I'm watching, I would recommend this movie. I'll be honest, I would rec- if you haven't, you don't have to see VHS 2, just watch this movie. It's a lot of fun. Um. It's not too serious, but it's a lot of fun. Nice, nice. Our recommendation for you all is to go watch Kids vs. Aliens from 2022. You can find it on Shudder. Yep. 